Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Polina Edmonds. And today on the show, I'm super excited uh, to have Andrew Torgashev join us. He's the 2023 U.S. men's bronze medalist this year, and he competed as first world championships this season. Andrew, I'm super stoked to have you back on. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate I appreciate the conversation we're going to have today. So just thank you for <laughs> the interests and uh you know of the season yeah absolutely well Andrew prior to the season you were not at nationals for two years in a row dealing with injury re-injury and recovery um and your first season finally back you land on the podium are in a spot to worlds let's just delve into this season I know um, I've had you on the show before to talk about uh, your your injuries and your recoveries and all of that. But in terms of last season, the first half, what did your season look like? When did you kind of get your programs done? What training did you do throughout like the spring and the summer? Like what did that part of the season, part of the year look like for you? Sure. I think I by spring and early summer of, what was it, 22? of 2022 uh, I was starting to train and start to look towards the season got healthy again was able to uh, progress things and so on and so forth um, programs it was it was it's actually funny because I it was one of the first times I had actually paid for programs and paid for a short and a long uh, because mm. I'd been so fortunate in the past to just have my mom help me uh, create the program and then we just you know, keep working on it and keep changing it. And it was a never a formal choreography process. Uh, and this was the first time I had worked with someone other than my mom to create a program that I'm going to compete. So that wow. was super interesting. I worked with Misha G for both programs, for the free and for the short. Uh, originally, it was only going to be free. And then last minute, we just decided to put a short together and yeah I mean that was probably May June time frame and uh, come July I was dealing with yeah I think it was a blister some sort of Mm -hmm. boot foot problem and so right away I had to withdraw from Glacier Falls or I might not even have registered for it Uh, but if the plan was to start at Glacier Falls and mm. that just never happened. So started the season off, uh, like already adjusting, uh, but that's what we do. So it's okay. And mm-hmm. then 
did uh, three local competitions within six weeks. So it was all very back-to-back, just trying to get into the swing of competing again. And I, all in California, all local uh, non-qualifying series competitions that I I have not been to in, I I couldn't even tell you. I haven't (laughs) been to an NQS or a local competition since I was 13. Yeah. And... Uh, was able to qualify to sectionals you know none of those performances I'd say were good but the only goal for the first half of the season was to get back into the swing of things and just try to stay injury free for the whole Mm -hmm. year and that's really where my mind was at like how can I train and push myself the way I want to without stressing my body to the point where an injury could occur so Mm -hmm. that was a big learning process um yeah, I had a break from competition after that. So mm-hmm. maybe a month, two months, and then it was sectionals and nationals after that. Uh, Did you... But... Um... Yes. You can keep going if you want to go. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. For as In terms of not, you know, re-injuring yourself and, and staying healthy, because I know that that's a huge fear for all athletes, um, especially for you kind of like having getting re-injured the, the previous season um what types of things were you doing throughout training throughout competitions through that time period to make sure you weren't like were you limiting jump repetitions at what point did you get all of your jumps back um did because at nationals you did triple axel you did quads what was the timeline for getting all of those back? Like, did you already have those earlier in the season or was that something that like you kind of worked up to um, leading up to nationals? Um, Toe, I was trying at those local competitions. Axel, I was still trying to figure it out, figure out the correct way to do it for myself. But um, as far as specific things to not get injured, I think it's just more of a daily mindset for training of just like not letting your wants and goals get in front of your needs. So Mm -hmm. just staying like super honest to yourself and to what's going on and to progress properly instead of Mm -hmm. getting ahead of yourself and just like going ham to work to those goals and try to achieve them. So that that's the biggest thing I can say is what helped me stay injury free this year. Mm -hmm. For, um, the actual local competitions that you did practicing adrenaline again after such a long hiatus can be challenging. Um, there's nothing like the butterflies you feel when you're going into competition, even if training feels really good. Uh, so when you're doing competitions routinely every year, every season, you kind of get a little bit used to it. And so, uh, with the break, it can feel really jarring. Um, how did you approach, just the local competitions in terms of like handling your butterflies? Was it hard for you or was it like kind of chill? Yeah, it was hard. It was very hard. And I, I hated all those competitions. I didn't, I didn't (laughs) enjoy it. I didn't enjoy like the whole process of getting back to a competition, especially when, you know, my recent, most recent memories are all from these internationals where I'm going for, like a very specific goal or trying to achieve something very specific and here I am just kind of trying to get into the swing of things so I tried to approach it as so like very loosely just try to keep 
a practice mindset going in because in the past uh, it's also been a game of how do you correctly handle your nerves but also you know be prepared to skate a good program when it matters uh, and that's kind of what I was using those uh, first three competitions to figure out like just since there was no real pressure it was just to get my legs underneath me I was just playing around with different mindsets different you know, what kind of warm up should I do? How do I make myself feel the most comfortable? And I did drive my own car to all of those competitions because that's a, you know, a living here, they're training, having like, you know, it's a lot to pay for, especially like when there's no funding after two years off. So like flights and hotels just like wasn't in the budget. You know, yeah. it was just let me drive and compete and see what happens and you know learned a lot from that learned what what I like and what I don't like tried to apply it further and even for next season I'll continue to readjust like how I properly approach competitions to do my best there what was it like to return to sectionals I guess the first question would be when was your last sectionals and what was the feeling of like needing to qualify for nationals again um, based off of like previously you had international competitions, you may have received a bye to nationals um, and then all of a sudden you're back at sectionals, an older skater, um, you know, you're different, you've gone through more in life and you have this like history in skating and, and yeah, you just got to do sectionals again. What did it feel like? It was my first senior sectionals. So I made my senior sectional Amazing. debut this year. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> hey. My last sectionals, I had one junior in 2015 or 14, something like that. Mm-hmm. So it was, de- I just never thought I'd be at sectionals again. I yeah. figured like if I'm, if I have to go to sectionals to qualify for nationals, then maybe I'll just, you know, start something different, like a different career. Um, but no, I took it, I didn't take it personally. I think in the past, like, like the last, uh, two years, if someone told me like, you have to go to sectionals to qualify for nationals, I would have been uh, almost offended. Like, how could that be? Like, you're not just, you're not just going to give out a buy so we can go to nationals. Like, no. So this year I had to start from zero and build myself up, build myself back to get there and quite honestly the only goals for this year in in the scheme of looking uh towards olympics as well is year one was just to get my legs under me and get comfortable competing again and not get injured stay injury free so uh, oh and i would have liked to make it to nationals as well so those were a few goals of mine and that's all i was working towards i was just working how can i best prepare myself to get to nationals and be injury free and Mm -hmm. it's it's not magic it was just like a lot of grinding lots of work you know day in day out they're like when when nobody's at the rink you have to be here and when everyone's at the rink you have to be here and just have to live life on the ice and everything I did was towards towards that goal you know all workouts I was taking serious diet was serious so every aspect 
of training and life, I feel like it all came together at nationals. You know, it's quite a Cinderella story when we say like, oh, you didn't compete two years and then you like went to Worlds. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Like, that's a, not it normal is. at all. It's totally. not normal. And, and it's, it's not like yeah. I was working towards that. It wasn't a goal. It's funny how life works. Hilarious. <laughs> it's it's really cool because, you know, not only did you come out of sectionals to go to nationals and do well, but so did Maxim Noamov, who also came out of sectionals um, with you and landed on the podium. So it's two of our top leading top four senior men out of sectionals this year, which honestly breaks a lot of barriers in my opinion of like the mindset of sectionals um because mm-hmm. there there is actually really steep competition sometimes um regionally and sectionally to qualify um especially you know with kids that aren't getting the same opportunities internationally um and we really do have a lot of depth so i think that component of it is really cool uh, i remember when i went to sectionals in i think it was maybe 2019 leading up to the 2020 season and it was also my first sectional since like 2014 but first senior sectionals and it was honestly so scary <laughs> because yeah. yeah like I mean it just it's a qualifier and you you kind of in your head are like of course I'm gonna make it like you know I used to get buys like you know and it, it just for me at least the the stress and adrenaline of like still being around a lot of like top coaches great athletes you know from different levels everyone's trying to qualify it totally kind of psyched me out. Um, and that didn't happen for you, obviously, because you qualified to nationals. But it's it's a great, I don't know. I actually really liked sectionals when I went. I didn't think I liked it, but like reflecting on it, I was really happy I had that experience as a senior as opposed to like, because now if you get buys to nationals, you're also going to think about this experience from last season and you're going to be able to like know that no matter what, like you can get yourself to nationals. It's cool. I didn't mean to seem like such a cool collected <laughs> guy over here. Um, I was shaking going into my short <laughs> program at sectionals. It, I was not playing it cool at all. I even think I was leaving the hotel to go to the rink and telling my dad, like, <laughs> I I don't want to do this. <laughs> like, I don't want to be here right now. <laughs> get me out of here. But, you know, I think... Uh, you're absolutely correct. I think it shows you a different side of uh, competitive skating, you know, one that mm-hmm. we're, we haven't been so used to. Or I was taking for granted that I was achieving, like, whatever I was achieving before injuries. Like, it just seemed like it was always, you know, better or worse, but it was always moving in the direction that I thought I wanted. You know, I always felt like things were excelling, getting better and progress was being made. But I never took for I always took for granted, like going to nationals every single year and then maybe getting a junior world or spring international or for that matter, having internationals all throughout the fall as well. So it was quite Mm -hmm. the reality check when that wasn't happening Mm -hmm. and there wasn't as much help and support and you know, you had to figure it out on your own. You had to motivate yourself and achieve that result. So I think it really helps put things in perspective, especially when your best memories are, you know, like when everything's happening easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
that's what makes the career so colorful is when you have the the tougher times perceiving the tougher times that you actually look back on and appreciate more I think like reflective wise mm-hmm. it's cool yeah well let's talk about nationals so you skated great um the short program didn't go as you wanted but then the free skate was just incredible so strong what was your mindset before the short also before the long and like how did you bounce back to skate so well in the free um well, I skated first in the short mm-hmm. because I I have no no ranking, no nothing. It came qualified from sectionals. They usually put us first warm up, and you know I even skipped the draw to go to a practice ice, an unofficial, and I just figured like you know I wouldn't be first, <laughs> but <laughs> it's okay. I you know skating orders are funny because if it's last, you're like oh, like, I love last. And if it's first, you're like, oh, I love first. So you just, like, take what you get and you make the best of it, right? So starting Mm -hmm. off the competition was great because six minute and then go right away. You know, a quad, that was an unfortunate. That was just, like, a bit of overthinking into the first element, kind of just, like, nerves taking in everything that was going on and maybe lapse of focus, Um. Just uh, tried to snap myself back as well as I could after that and do the rest of the program at a quality that I was practicing. Uh, Free program, I felt much more comfortable with. I think I felt more nervous for the short just because there are those three jumps and it makes them a lot more important if one doesn't go as planned. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you have all of these other spins and steps and things where you can make points on that some of your competitors may not pay as much attention to. So leading up to nationals and training, uh, the mindset was just to be better 1% each day. So at a certain point, we got to, okay, spins have to be better and steps have to be better and landing positions have to be better. All of these, my fingers have to be finished. I can't, I have to have nice lines in my shoulder. You know, like it's all of these small details that, again, we take for granted because we might have worked on them so much when we were younger that it's just natural. But when that goes away and it goes away quick, it's very hard to get back. So that's what uh, I'm like jumping around here, but that's what training for nationals and for the whole last season was really like. Uh, And of course, like technical things as well. But uh, all of this towards the free program where, you know, it just came together at that moment and it was great. And just went in uh, trying to do my best, felt great that day. Uh, I did fall in a double axle in the six minute. So I don't know how great I really felt. Maybe I'm just <laughs> romanticizing the past, but uh, I just felt very comfortable in that moment. I do like nationals. It feels like a very like homey event, you know, mm-hmm. like it's uh everyone's there to support it doesn't feel like there's like a feud of like which country you represent this or that so nationals is always fun for me uh but yeah it just it just all came together that's the best way I can describe it I wasn't going in for to try and get a medal uh I wasn't even expecting to end up fifth after the short which Mm. you know my best result at nationals previous was fifth and I think I achieved I got 
uh, a score higher than the one I did this year. So I was completely okay to be fifth after the short. I was just expecting to maybe be in the top 10. I also was uh, on practice. I was just checking out what everybody's doing and everyone's on the same level. You know, mm -hmm. everyone's trying one quad, one axle, two quads, two axles, or one quad, two axles, whatever. The technical elements are very similar in base mm -hmm. value. So it just, I think it really comes down to who does what on the day it mat mm -hmm. that matters, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it could have gone differently, right? Like I could have messed up one element and been off the podium, right? Mm -hmm. So like it, it just came together. That's really all I can say. And I was sh shocked by it, but after reflecting and really taking into account the amount of run-throughs I actually did leading mm -hmm. up to nationals, it didn't seem that crazy. Money in the bank. Yeah. Money in the bank. <laughs> That's great. You literally yelled at the judges basically after you finished your program in that like ending <laughs> position. I, I was sitting really close, like maybe three. No, I saw you. I saw you standing. I was, of course. Yeah. Clapping out there. Standing ovation. We were psyched for you. Um, what what was going through your head like in that final, that step sequence, that final position like obviously you were pumped but like what <laughs> what motivated you to literally yell at the judges I want to know I I always like like those pictures where it's like you know somebody like <laughs> shoots like a buzzer beater three and then they're like screaming like ah let's go so I always had this like fantasy in my head that I want to skate well enough to where I can do that and not mm -hmm. look like like crazy <laughs> um but in all honesty, I even forgot about that uh, when I was actually doing it because just practicing so much, this com the program felt so comfortable. Like all my breathing like was so trained mm -hmm. that once that program started, I just felt like in tune with it and mm -hmm. truly didn't realize like I had done a clean program until after the second spin mm -hmm. so right right before the last step sequence and last spin that's when I kind of realized what I just did and then it was just a rush of like like I I can't believe I freaking did that you know you we're in the like, zone yeah it just it, it felt so good it was this rush of emotion of two years off of all this mm -hmm. grind of like calling my mom like uh, crying one day because I was like I don't I don't know how much more I can do like I don't how much how many more run-throughs can I do like what else mm -hmm. do I have to do because and uh, so that's why it was such a an emotional moment um it was I just felt like all of that pain suffering joy sweat tears like it all came together and was worth it so I don't look at it as pain and suffering. I look at it as I was building, mm -hmm. right? It, it's not, it's not sore. It's I'm getting stronger, right? Totally. So uh, it just came together at the right moment. And I was uh, super psyched about it. Did you think that you would be selected for Worlds? Even no. though like you got third, you didn't expect to be third. You were just psyched on a clean program. 
And then, but even so, like, you know, they make the decision. You didn't think he would be selected for Worlds. I think there's probably an interview somewhere about this. They, <laughs> like, right after they asked me, like, like, so what's the rest of your season look like? Like, you don't have any, like, scores. You don't have any ranking. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you doing? And I was completely okay to just finish my season there because mm -hmm. that's what I was like mentally planned for. Like mm -hmm. that, I, I think it would have been ridiculous to plan like, oh, I'll probably go to Worlds. Like when I was qualifying from sectionals, like <laughs> <laughs> that's not a logical train of thought. Uh, so I don't know, I was okay. I was okay if they selected somebody else who had a higher ranking. Like I know um, International Committee has, uh, ways they select mm -hmm. athletes who are going to go represent and one of the criteria is result at nationals but then there's so many more criteria about your result in the fall and you know mm -hmm. how were you last year and these are things that I just don't qualify for like last two years I have no nothing to show mm -hmm. uh, my fall competitions I if I was on selections committee I wouldn't look at that athlete and say like you should go to worlds but nationals I agree nationals free program was a world championship level performance and you know for that reason I yeah I guess it would could have been probable to go but again it wasn't in my head and truly what was in my head was getting back to Irvine and mm -hmm. starting training for next year because it's uh you know we have uh, three more years until olympics since yeah. this was first year of my plan so it's not done yet like it, it was just like nice to get like a jump start like that i yeah expected that i'd maybe medal maybe be close to a medal this year and be mm -hmm. close to like having a bid for world team this year i didn't expect mm -hmm. any of that last year i felt like yeah, that that makes sense because you, again, you were taking it step by step for yourself um, and then everything just kind of fell into place at nationals. But what about the qualification for Worlds? So USFS had to send you to get a minimum tech score before the actual place. So how did that go? Where did they send you? What was the competition? What was that like to have to go do that <laughs> right before World Championships? So... <laughs> uh it's funny uh the just like the way everything worked out is very funny to me I mean it, in a great way um mm -hmm. I went to challenge come in Tilburg Netherlands mm. and it was the first time I was oldest on the team and like by a little bit like <laughs> by by a few years at least wow I, I, how did this that feel never happened it never happened to me before I was always youngest I I, know I was that always the yeah. youngest on the team and now I'm the oldest with uh novice and juniors <laughs> and I'm just wondering like <laughs> where did the time go oh yeah blink of an yeah. eye <laughs> it's ridiculous like I I brought a razor to competition I've never done that I've never had to like shave at competitions before. This is, this is something completely new. Like it's, I had never been to an international like 
Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, since since I was eighteen, so like three wow. three years. Yeah. Repping yeah, the Team USA once it's again. It's crazy, but I was uh, so nervous for that mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. when you look at the minimum score, which is the only reason I was going, was to get this minimum score, and it's super achievable, right? Mm-hmm. But I can't say that it's easy. I can only say that it's super achievable because once I start thinking, oh, like, that's so easy, like, I'm definitely not going to get it. Yeah. Like, you I'm going to be your so down. complacent. You can't let your guard down. And this, I mean, can kind of go back to sectionals. Like, oh, I'm definitely going to qualify. But really? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether it's sectionals or oh nationals or a challenge cup like the goal is the same always is to it is is to focus on each element and perform each element to the best of your ability so it truly mm-hmm. doesn't matter when you're thinking this way and you know if you achieve this like you'll get the result you want then mm-hmm. i don't think it's necessary to think so much on the score but that being said the entire time i was in netherlands i was thinking about this score and I was so nervous I wasn't gonna get it I was so nervous yeah and I don't I don't know if it's because I didn't travel for a while or what was going on but a short program rolls around and just bam down on the first two in 30 seconds and I was like great this is the way I wanted it to go um but at the same time, I try to be super realistic with myself on all possible outcomes. So let's say, for example, I don't make that score, even if it's like super, like it's, I'm able to achieve it, but you know, something happens and I don't. And right away, like after the short program, like I know I'm not going to Worlds. Like what would my mindset be going into the free? Like why? So after like, thinking about all of this I came to the conclusion that well if things don't go well then you know it sucks it was an achievable goal that's an L but it's not the end of the world and I'll still do a long program and try to redeem myself in it and not give up and then take my off season if things didn't go well but Mm -hmm. that's kind of that's kind of like the comfort plan if things Mm -hmm. don't go well I already know where my mindset's at but Mm -hmm. Of course, that's not plan A, right? Plan A is to go and kill it and get what you want. Yeah. Um, but I I think, like, playing with nerves and things like this, like, when, again, this goal, it was super achievable and right away just down the first two elements in the 30 seconds. Like, short program is where I was nervous. Free program, you have so many opportunities if things don't go well to make mm-hmm. up for it. But in the short program, it's very cutthroat. So it's I think it's very hard to have a good mindset going into your short program. And if you're able to, you're an elite skater. You know, the short program is a finicky thing. But, you know, I was able to still get my score by like 0.5 or something like that. Or one point in the short and 10 points in the free. So (laughs) you got the job done. That's all that matters. I got the you were able to get yourself to Worlds. Yeah. There's a hilarious tweet I read. 
it was something like somebody should have told the Andrew that the point of the minimum score is not to get as close to the minimum score as you can. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. No, it's it's so funny because it's so true when you think that it's it's so doable for you to make a score and you start to like think too heavily on that and not on like you said just doing exactly what you do no matter what competition it is whether it's a small local nationals worlds qualifier you should be coming in with the same headspace of I just want to perform my best whether it's a thousand people in the crowd or if it's like five people watching you it really shouldn't matter it should like you should have the same nerves um and I know that sounds crazy to a lot of people probably listening because thousand people sounds a lot scarier than five uh, I always actually thought that less people was scarier because it's more personal and then they can actually see me after because I'm going to be walking around the rink and whatnot. And I, I actually totally psyched myself out at the sectionals I went to when I was a senior. And I literally also was like, this is no problem. Of course I can qualify. I got fifth, Andrew. I was like, I don't know. So like the tiniest, if I had not popped one jump like if I had just pulled in on one of the double axles that I missed double axle like let's think about this for a second I would have been at nationals in 2020 but I didn't and I came in like you know like oh this is gonna be chill no and and that it's such a teaching moment though like you said like you were so close to the minimum tech score and it's like why you should have been like way higher than it really if you were coming in at your a game but it it's Mm -hmm. hard it's tough you got to have like the same it, mindset. Yeah. It's very tough. And that's uh, what I learned from those California competitions, those local ones, Yeah, because it was personal like that. It was a small ring. It was mm-hmm. all people who I knew and who knew me, you know, <laughs> and the judges on the panel, like I, I know these judges, they've judged me for years and I see them at competitions and, you know, it was so different than what I had become used to since uh, really getting on Team USA, like, mm-hmm. years ago. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't see it as a bad thing, though. I see it as a, really good. a teaching moment. Yeah, and it helps you grow, ultimately. Well, tell yes. us about Worlds. Tell us about your Worlds experience. So, I guess, what uh, was your Worlds mindset? was so sick. Yeah, world championships is crazy. Uh, It is crazy. And this was like, um, I don't know, this was like the cherry on top, right? Like I didn't didn't expect it. I I think I've said that enough. But (laughs) um, I just went in there trying to enjoy the experience. Yeah. Because, which is what we always say, right? Oh, I just want to enjoy my trip and yeah. skate my best the cookie cutter answer andrew the cookie cookie cutter answer but i tried to i went in so cookie cutter i just want to enjoy this experience i want to learn as much from this experience as possible i want to watch as much as possible see what the other more um higher level skaters are doing in all disciplines in dance pair ladies and men's what are the elite skaters doing how do Mm -hmm. they how do they warm up when do they get to the ring everybody has their own plan at competitions and ultimately 
what I learned is it's all up to you and how you can get yourself most prepared to do your best. Like, mm -hmm. and obvious, like when you, I guess when I hear myself say it that way, it seems like, well, what else are you going to try to do? Like, do not your best, <laughs> but it, it's so hard not to get caught up in the minor details of things. Like I want to land this jump. And if I don't land this jump, it's going to feel like, like the whole world's on fire. Yeah. And then, you know, you still have the rest of the program to go. And I just thought like that so many times before at competition that, you know, I wasn't going for a podium finish. I wasn't going to get like top five, top 10. Like maybe if I skated just like lights out, I could have been close, but it, it wasn't in the it wasn't in the plan. It wasn't how I was uh, training throughout the beginning of the season, which mm -hmm. if I was planning for worlds, I would have accounted for that. And so that time from nationals to worlds, it was a lot of difficult training and just rolling with the punches. Like there was mm -hmm. no set rhythm of things. It was just, I need to figure out a way to get into the swing of things as quickly as possible. You know, coming back from competition, we usually take a week to, you know, readjust ourselves, but mm -hmm. there was no week here because, you know, two weeks later I left to Worlds. So yeah, it was, just felt so on the go that once I got to Japan and Japan is my favorite place to travel by far. I have that set now. It's on my incredible, list. especially for world championships. Saitama was also my first world championships in 2015. No way. Yeah. Fun fact. Let's go. Hey. Let's go. <laughs> it was so awesome I, yeah. like I was saying nationals was like a homie event this was amazing like I've never seen an arena this big especially competed in one this big and mm -hmm. this arena holds 18,000 people it was like used for basketball in the Tokyo Olympics like this is a real deal type of arena and it was sold out like mm -hmm. for the last warm up of the men's free, everybody showed up. And I bet there was more than 18,000 because of all the people who stayed in and had credentials or however they got their way in just to see what this was. And it, there's no negative energy. All mm -hmm. of these Japanese fans like so love our sport. Yeah. And it's not something like, all skaters will experience like when you're in yeah. a, when you're in an arena filled with people that really just don't care and just want to see beautiful skating and want to see you do your best and they're cheering for you to do that that's completely different to like some junior grand prix or junior worlds that i've been to where it doesn't feel like that it feels very cutthroat like between mm -hmm. between the different countries and like then there's like yeah you have like competition between countries in sport and you have a political competition between countries like outside of the sport and it all like plays together here it just felt like and I'm not sure it's really respectful uh, yeah yes it is it's very it's really respectful. respectful and mm -hmm. I'm not sure if last year's worlds was like public like since it was uh, kind of still COVID oh yeah so I'm not sure what seating was like in Montreal and how many people were actually allowed to be in the building so it's possible mm -hmm. that this was like the first world since 
uh, since Saitama in 2019. Yeah. That was like open to public, like coming, mm-hmm. like selling tickets, encouraging people to come. So yeah. I don't know, to be able to experience and skate in a place like that is something I'll never forget. Uh, and, you know, that that will stay with me like deep for a while. That was awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, worlds can definitely be super exciting, super intimidating, just chaos of emotion essentially yeah. all week but it is it feels like the best competition in my opinion because you're getting to see everybody from all the other countries too like in one place mm-hmm. and um yeah it's just like a big party in terms of seeing people from all over and like everybody getting to skate and show off their best and everything so hopefully this is just the first of many worlds for you um, especially leading up the next I hope I mean we had uh, we had a great team with us too like I think 11 out of the 16 it was their first worlds as well yeah meanwhile you have like Evan Bates who had been I've what 11 or 12 or something he had a a crazy number yeah (laughs) Jason had been to like this was his fourth or his fifth or something yeah like everybody everybody knows what's up and yeah I mean, another funny thing, uh, Brandon Fraser used mm-hmm. to skate in Coral Springs, mm-hmm. uh, where I grew up. So yeah. I knew him from there and like, you know, like uh, the friends in training and such. And, you know, I saw him win Junior Worlds as a pair skater when I was super young. And I that was like awesome, you know, to see somebody achieve that result. Yeah. Now to go to Worlds with him as his, yeah. like, as he's, like, uh, excelled in his career. And, you know, I've taken the path that I did. Like, it's uh, it just shows you how small of a world our sport is. And I think just how much love and support there is uh, for mm-hmm. fellow athletes to really achieve what they what they strive for. Yeah. It, it's really special when you get to share it with people that you've known for a long time. That's also mm-hmm. kind of like what makes like qualifying for a world team so cool. You get to take the world team picture. You get to be like, great. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <So> and <great. laughs> it was, it was Anthony and Christina's yes. first world. Which and Anthony, Anthony went to and... Saitama in 2014 with me. No way. Well, so his dad was on the panel, the tech panel for Ice Dance 10 years ago. And um, yeah, so Anthony came to watch. And so we have photos together, like getting Japanese crepes or something like us That's in the so arena. Awesome. And so like That's now so his first awesome. role is also anyways, that was just a tangent. But yeah, I had my first junior Grand Prix with them. Oh, my God. In 2014. So it's very special. It's... It's very special, and I think are just like the people in the sport is very special. I think the bonds we make, like doing all of this, like really lasts. Yeah, it's and it will forever. You're always gonna have those memories. It's awesome. Well, do you think it was beneficial for you to compete at Worlds, like even without the international competitions, like in the last season, the seasons like before? Because I know when they're doing team selections, sometimes they would prefer to send athletes that have had international 
experience per se, uh, especially senior international experience before basically sending you off to something as big as worlds, dropping you in the shark tank, whatever. Um, I'm a huge proponent of like, if you earn it, you should go like regardless of that other experience stuff. Um, So I'm curious, like how you feel after going, do you feel like this has changed like your outlook or like your motivation or anything to return to worlds? Like, as opposed to if you had just finished your season at nationals and they were like, Hey, Andrew, congrats. Here's your bronze, but we're not going to send you because like you need more experience. How do you feel? Um, No, I feel very grateful that I was able to have that opportunity. And I feel Mm -hmm. very grateful to uh, U.S. figure skating for uh, giving me this opportunity because it's uh, this. It's something. How should I say? I went to Junior Worlds three times. And each time, you know, I won't even talk about the performances, but each time it just felt like something like I deserved. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like it, it should be given to me. Mm-hmm. Whereas, and I looked at Senior Worlds like it would be the same. Like I would look at other athletes when I was younger and seeing them go to Worlds and just think like, oh, this is just like a regular thing that you do if like you're skating and you're on the team like mm-hmm. there's it's nothing special it's just like seems special but after really like being there and competing like I have a completely different view like many skaters will not ever even go to world so it's uh, quite the opportunity just to be able to be a world competitor but uh, to answer your question yes it did completely change my mindset going leading up for this season now Mm -hmm. uh having that experience like really seeing what worlds is all about has definitely helped me come up with a better plan uh for this season coming up and again super grateful for that opportunity because it's nothing to take for granted like that is I mean, it's close to the top of what you can achieve, right? I think mm-hmm. above above Worlds would be Grand Prix Final and then you know, World Team Trophy and Olympics. Yeah, exactly. Like, we're kind of getting to... we're get, I'm getting to the point where I always dreamed of being. Not yeah. the point where I always thought of being. The one that I dreamed about. And now I see, like, that it doesn't have to just be a dream like it can yeah it can be realistic and there is a path there that's awesome I'm so glad that you see that for yourself because a lot of people see that in you too oh so exciting Ah. oh compliment compliment take it (laughs) (laughs) you're like oh no Paul don't do that oh my god let's do a do (laughs) well so many people remember you as, you know, the 2015 junior champion, you know, working your way through, you know, you've been to junior grand prix, you've done junior worlds multiple times, just a lot of raw talent, a lot of young potential. Um, and then you disappeared for a bit and now you're back, but you're different now. You're grown up. You killed it at nationals. Let's talk about that transition from being a young athlete kind of on the come up to being where you're at now and kind of setting goals for yourself over the next few years to potentially reach an Olympics how does it feel to be in this wave I mean it feels it feels great to be in the wave now um 
like I don't mean to say that so casually. It truly feels great to like talk about this not as like a dream I once had, but mm-hmm. as something that's like uh, achievable with the right amount of focus and work. Mm-hmm. Um, but two years ago, or there, it did seem more like just a dream that somebody could have that a lot of people dream about going to the Olympics and a lot of people don't get there. It's a very small percentage of people that actually achieve that dream and are willing to make all those sacrifices. And quite honestly, I think uh, when I was, when I was young, I was not uh, willing to make all those sacrifices. Like I blessed to my parents because I think without them, like I would not have, achieved uh, like uh, those junior results and such like I don't think many people would know my name if my mom didn't push me as much as she did and if my dad didn't put as much effort in as he did and but I left Florida in 20 I was 16 so something like 2017 I believe Mm -hmm or 2018 I left uh, Florida and moved to Colorado for like two and a half three years and then moved here and in Colorado it was a different training environment than when I was growing up Mm -hmm. Um, but I was still with my mom and my sister there and my coach was very hands-on with the schedule and what we're working on and the goals and such and uh, also when I was in Colorado like I was uh, dreaming about olympics about this like ultimate goal and you know i was a fifth at nationals with two years out from the games and Mm then it was just like injury injury and i moved to california because like i needed a change right Mm -hmm. like uh i was the fifth in 2020 and then junior worlds third after short but finished eighth Right. So there was something in that free program that showed itself uh, mm-hmm. that that there was a problem. That's what it showed me. And there was a problem in what I was doing and something that I was doing was incorrect. Yes, because if if I'm training so hard and I'm doing so many run throughs again in Colorado, I was not training as hard as I am now. But mm-hmm. at the time, I thought I was really pushing myself. Uh, but even if this was that program at junior worlds was the worst one I had done in months, like since before nationals of that year. So in a super long time, and there was no good reason for why it happened that way. Other than the fact that I just didn't feel consistent in anything that I was doing on the ice. Like everything always felt like it was done differently. Mm-hmm. Like each I just wasn't putting focus on the small details, right? I was just going for jumps. And, you know, since I have a bit of talent and I can, you know, just like will my way into doing things like, oh, I'll just like go and do jumps and train my programs, but not truly think about what I'm doing. Because when you get to competition, I think it depends on the type of athlete you are. Some Mm -hmm. are able to just like shut it off and just like flow and you know, jump and be relaxed. Some people have to be like, they have to think through everything. They have to have like certain thought processes built up 
around their jumps and programs in order to achieve. And right. that's more the type of person that I am. And I didn't mm -hmm. have those. So in consistently thing, I would have a bad program, right? So it would make me look like an inconsistent skater. Meanwhile, on practice, like I was quite consistent, but I also never felt nervous. So it felt just like a very fundamental problem that I had. So in order to solve this, I, I figured, you know, I had gotten injured after quarantine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's like 20, yeah, still 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, in, injured after quarantine, not sure uh, like what I'm doing next. Uh, decided to move to California to learn from rough mm -hmm. and moved out on my own for the first time, like truly on my own. I, I came here, just uh, told everybody in Colorado, like, oh, I'm just going to go check it out for two weeks and came here, stayed with Sean Rabbit and his family. And I was like, hey, can I stay for two weeks? They were like, yeah, great. After two weeks, I never ended up going back. I, and I didn't have a place to live here. Like everything was figured out so on the fly. And I mm -hmm. was the one who had to figure that out. So I had to mm -hmm. like get my adulting done real quick. <laughs> like I had a, a bless to Sean because if I wasn't able to stay at his place, like I don't know what would have happened <laughs> because stayed with him um, a little bit extra after I decided mm -hmm. I would stay, found some roommate online uh, moved into the apartment like mom shipped out all my stuff from Colorado uh, shipped the car out you know without my mom I also wouldn't be able to do those things so mm -hmm. that's what really started like I don't know I it feels like the next chapter in my life right like we're, yeah we're kind of closing the book on being a teenager and now like it's 19 20 21 like these are like usually people are going to school and they're looking at a career and they're making new friends and looking for like mm -hmm. a relationship. And e some people are even getting married at this age. Right. Like yeah. Some it's wild. But I feel like in skating, especially when you stay in it for such a long time, it can kind of hold you back from developing as a person. Right. Yeah. I think you get so caught up in the day to day that you're not, you're not working to elevate yourself outside of skating. Every yes. your entire image is just skating, and how can mm -hmm. I be better at skating? Because if I'll be better right. at skating, I'll be a better person. Yeah. So this is like a mindset I had to get away from as well, and kind of mm. I, I was injured how did you balance skating that? as much. Yeah, very difficult, very difficult because. Mm. It's like I have to focus on training, right, yeah. at all times, and I have to give it my 100%. But when I get home, I don't want to focus on training. Yeah. I don't want to, like, comp always be thinking about training and skating. Mm -hmm. But I can't, I can't really go out with friends so much because I still have to make sacrifices and I have responsibilities. Like, mm -hmm. I can't do things that I would want to if I wasn't skating. Right. So... I mm -hmm. had to find things that I can do, like having active hobbies I found was amazing and things that I uh -huh. could do on my own because I spend a lot of time on my own. Like what? Right? What do you like, do? 
uh, biking, rock climbing, nice, uh, hiking, surfing, swimming, um, running, like just try to stay active and be outside because like, you yeah, know, it's, it's bright inside the ice rink, but those fluorescent lights are not the vitamin D. So you got to get the sunlight. That's the real vitamin you gotta D get type. The sunlight. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do those things by yourself, like solo, or do you have friends that you'll like go and do some of those activities with? Um, I have friends that I may, yeah, yeah. I have friends that I may do them with, but it's kind of hard to like get people to be active sometimes. Plus like, yeah, (laughs) I, I, I'm not the best person at like setting things up. Like, Hey, let's meet at the, (laughs) let's meet at this time and I'll definitely be there. Like, no, I, I found that once I'm in the mood, like, oh, I'm going to go bike right now. And I just go and don't wait for anybody. Put the headphones on, go out for like two hours. Hmm. And funny enough, um, I feel like because I spend so much time alone, I got to know my identity a lot better. Mm-hmm. Just like what, what my morals are, what my likes are, what my dislikes are. You know, without the influence of parents or any like really really close friends that would like influence your decisions to be more like them yeah and I was just truly able to figure out what it was I liked I like to read like audiobooks and stuff I I'm not good at like reading like text too much (laughs) audiobooks is where it's at um but yeah all anyways the point of that was to say (laughs) the point of this is to say that um when we compete it's just us on the ice yeah right and it's you said I feel like sometimes there's coaches that are so controlling and so you know demanding about what you're doing yeah that you kind of like don't know what to do when it comes time to like be alone on the ice and compete like Mm -hmm. you're like you kind of want to go ask your coach okay like what do I do now but it's it's up to you to like you have to figure all of it out right now and roll with those punches because the program may seem like four minutes but you and I know that there's a lot of thoughts that happen in those four minutes and a lot of swing of emotions can happen oh yeah it's like an eternity out there it does feel it it either feels like in it it feels like an eternity and then it feels like oh that was so fast yeah no exactly that's funny well so if you don't do you get like outer sorry my phone keeps dinging um it basically sounds like you have taken the reins you are basically in control now of your career in a way you weren't when you were younger which everyone goes through just because obviously when you're a minor parents are really heavily involved and now you're living across the country how involved are your parents still in your career um because I know your dad was at nationals yeah I I brought my dad to sectionals and to nationals because mm-hmm. um I didn't want to I couldn't really afford to pay for any of the coaches to go from here and it wouldn't make sense for a, a coach to just go with only me and mm-hmm. So I asked my dad because he was going to be at sectionals anyway. And we traveled a lot uh, when I was doing the JGPs together. So I figured 
you know, for moral support, it would be fun to like do sectionals with him again. And then it just worked out great. So I uh, took him to nationals as well and to Netherlands. So that was all fun, but they're not so involved. I tell them kind of what I want to tell them. Uh, mm. I, I share some things I don't share. Like I think I can't, I can't share everything. Like I'll talk to my mom almost every day, but I can't share everything like about what I'm doing. Some things I just want to keep to myself and just work on it myself. Yeah. But I'm the, I'm the one that's in charge and then I'll show it when I'm ready. But I, no, they're not so involved. The mom stepped back, uh, dad stepped back. They've both been like awesome with letting me take the reins and still financially support the dream. Mm -hmm. That's really sweet that you have that set up because obviously with both your parents having so much knowledge in skating, like that's such great resource for you to be able to draw from, like you said, but it's, it doesn't have to be like this tight, tight community for you anymore where like you feel stuck in some ways yeah. sometimes, like, especially as you grow older, I feel like it's so important to have that space um, and kind of come into your own on these things. And it, it does make you, in my opinion, more motivated and kind of like, you feel like there's more at stake for yourself when you are the one in control. And I think that can be great for so many athletes. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, what are you up to now? Have you gotten your new programs choreographed yet? Are you in that process right now? I, What's yeah, that? I am. I am. I just got my free done with Misha. Now we're uh, calling it the Void of Madness. Oh. Yes. So the two songs I use are by Muse. One is Void and one is Madness. Cool. Uh, and I don't know. I spent a lot of time listening to music mm -hmm. about what I want to skate to because I don't want to do something that's super repetitive also don't want to do something that's like slow or weird right so it's I realized it's very hard to pick music that not everyone has skated to and that's still interesting so how do you do something new mm -hmm. right when like skating is so it's a very judgmental sport so the music is the first thing to be picked it seems a little intimidating because you're kind of marrying this music for the next year you want yeah. it to be good and you want it to get the message across that you want and mm -hmm. I felt like we we did that it, we yes. like uh, picked music officially like day before we started spent like month and a half just listening every day and then cool. I I'm not so sure about my short program yet when what or who but free program is set so short program will be getting done within the next month or so very awesome are you um how creatively involved are you with the choices of like choreography and whatnot because obviously you said like your mom used to do your choreography last year Misha did it Misha's done your free skate is it more collaborative for you like do you enjoy getting creative with movement on your own um, as well? Or are you more like a technical person where you're like, I just want to be given the choreography, like whatever you see. Uh, do. No, it's <laughs> so, it, no, no, no. It's so funny. You say that I do like, I like movement. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I like to be creative and be weird and do like new things. Like that's a very fun aspect of skating for me. But we have this all important like technical side. And at a certain point, it becomes really hard to uh, be emotionally involved in the choreography and mm-hmm. play a character and also snap into a technical mindset to execute your jumps properly because jumps are very precise while choreography is very fluid Mm -hmm. so if you're like somebody trying to do the most in both I think it's very difficult to either not look stiff on your choreography or uh, you'll be too fluid in your jumps and you know, if your jumps don't work out well, then who even needs your choreography? It's true. Unfortunately, that's the way it's built here. It, yeah. So, yes, I was talking with Misha a lot. I was getting frustrated because I wanted music that I was going to enjoy skating to. And from the complete other side, I wanted music that I just like would hate. And all I knew about it is that this is the time to get the job done. And mm-hmm. uh, and he kept telling me, he's like, no, like you're an artistic person. Like you have to show this. You can't. Yeah. I, he kept saying, I want you to have an emotional attachment to this program. Yeah. And I was like, bro, like what emotional attachment? I have to do jumps. I want an emotional attachment to landing my jumps. I don't need the, <laughs> the music. Just just do something. And he he didn't want to do it because he knows that I enjoy that and that yeah I spend a lot of effort on like this uh, creative side so I'm Mm -hmm. very glad that he didn't let me just like roll over and like follow (laughs) him Uh, and yeah this year it was much more collaborative I think last year he was kind of uh, more in charge and this year I I didn't feel shy to give ideas or to show something that I thought would look good Mm -hmm. and I think we came up with a great first draft of the, of the program and I'll look forward to training it. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone is looking forward to seeing the new programs come out. So when you finally unveil them, I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, <clears throat> last question for you. What are your goals for this next season? Um, and do you have any, you know, strategies for yourself that you want to implement? Um over this next summer, fall, leading up to nationals? Yeah, so with the summer right now, I want to try to just make as much gain as I can. Um, Again, safely, like without getting too ambitious too quickly. Mm -hmm. I think I still, like, even when we're working on new jumps, like when something seems achievable, I think you need to take the proper steps to get there. And I think summer is a great time to do that when you're not rushed, like competitions, are coming up but they're not right around the corner like there's time to develop yourself uh that's what my summer looks like my fall I'm not sure the competitions yet but I just will try to kind of uh train and peak up once in the fall a peak the second time in January and then try to hopefully peak a third time in the back half of the season there so Mm -hmm. I'll just uh you know, uh, jumps and program content will depend on how summer goes. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, like, again, uh, trying to stay injury-free, progress at the right pace. 
uh, keep my mindset. And I think uh, this year, the only thing I'd want to change is just uh, just work a bit more efficiently. I'd say like try not to waste time getting to like the rhythm, try to like get into the rhythm of run throughs and this type of stuff right away. Cause I feel like sometimes you might take a few days to mentally prepare yourself to do a run through when really you probably should have just done it on Monday and not done like sections to prepare yourself for the run through on Friday, just kind of suck it up and go. Rip the bandaid so, off. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something I will try to add in training for the season. Otherwise, mm -hmm. I'm. it's going to be a lot of work to do this, especially the free, to do that choreography at a high level and do the jumps at a high level. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's you, like we said it in the beginning of the pod, time flies, right? It so does. Like, before you know it, it's going to be nationals already. It's true. In good old uh, Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can't wait. Oh, yeah. I've actually, I don't think I've been to Ohio yet. Hmm. Are we skating where the Blue Jackets play? Do you know? I don't know, actually. Oh, geez. I hope nobody listens to, no, nobody watches hockey on this pod. <laughs> Oh no, Andrew. <laughs> Yikes. That's <Sorry>. hilarious. <laughs> Oops. I yeah, Nationals Nationals is going to come around before you know it, for sure. Um obviously there's a lot of hard work to put in place, but it sounds like you're really up for the challenge. So, I'm excited for you. I'm stoked. Thank you. Stoked to yeah. hear the mindset's great. You sound motivated. <laughs> I I am. I am, you know, it's you gotta be motivated every day, even when you don't want to be motivated. You gotta find a way. Yep. Yeah. It's the one percent, like you said. It's the one percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. Polina, effort. thank you so much for having me on and letting me uh just like share a bit about my story because I haven't been able to really talk in depth about it, and it's definitely been, you know, a very important thing in my life. So I appreciate the opportunity to come on here and chat a bit about it. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on and sharing. Uh, it was an awesome conversation. I think people are really going to like hearing this side of your story and I'm wishing you the best of luck this upcoming season. Hey, thanks, Polina. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.